rolling. Rolling. Good morning, cheers. Good morning, milady. Milady. I got a. I got hot chocolate. Hot chocolate this morning. I got coffee. It's a little too hot to drink. I let it. I let it go into the boiling phase. The whist- mm-hmm. The whistle phase. Yeah. You can't. The part of which. The the phase of which it becomes hot lava, <laughs> and you can't drink it for a good while. <laughs> And so I'm just kind of like, I'm really, I'm on, I'm on edge here. I want to drink it, but I know it'll burn my lips. And it's that, it's that dangerous dance one does when they're wanting to drink their hot beverage, but they don't want to injure themselves. I'm right in there right now. It's happening. I understand. Here we go. I'm going to do it. You ready? Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Mm. Oh, not bad. I'm all right. I made it through that. All right. The trick is to let it go just like not on your lips, but past your lips right off the bat. Oh, That's the trick. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Um, what do you got? What's up? I saw three things in one day when I was in New York. In one day, I saw a marriage proposal, a fully nude man, and a drug deal. No joke. Really? Yeah. Guess what my favorite one was. You want me to actually guess? Yeah. Uh, the marriage proposal. No, it's the nude man. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Because uh, it stopped me in my tracks, and he was really ripped, and it wasn't a sore sight for the eyes, you know? Oh, it was a handsome nude man. So it wasn't like your street street person oh no who's he was in his apartment, and he opened the window, and he hollered down to the FedEx guy, and he was all cut cut meaning he has low body fat yeah the v and stuff (laughs) you're such a dude sometimes yeah and the uh, marriage proposal it happened like right before we kind of saw it yeah but it was down on the ice rink in rockefeller center i you know there's there is an appreciation for a uh a person who takes care of themselves Mm -hmm. physically yeah it's a nice thing to see yeah, uh, I can't disagree with that. Cool. So you were in New York for some work and it went well. Yeah. I was planning on going with you, but I had to do some work of my own on uh, this this coast over here, the yeah. West Coast. Yesterday, or the last episode, we were talking about babies, having babies. And somebody asked this, which I will say out loud into the mic now. Thank you. If Kyle came to Kylie and said, I want to have kids now, would Kylie still say no? <laughs> and I'm very curious about this. Um, this stumped me for a minute. It's like, damn, that's a good question. Yeah. And then my follow-up <clears throat> thought was, damn, do people think I'm just like trying to justify everything because I'm with you and you don't want kids? And that's not the case. Here's my answer. Okay. My answer would be the same exact thing as it is now, which is I know that I don't want kids right now. Okay. I don't know how I'll feel in three or five years, so let's revisit it. Um, I can't see you ever being to a point where you're like, I have to have kids now. <laughs> so I, I'd probably say I'm still not ready right now. Yeah. I so, so I sometimes feel like I'm the driving force on that mm-hmm. decision, and um, so it's, it's good that, to hear that. Want to roll the thing? Welcome to Should We Get Married with Kylie and Kyle. Wow. 
Okay, where are we at, honey? Are we doing... Are we really going to do this? Yeah. This is crazy. You know that? Well, so... We're digging up some stuff. I love talking about topics that are relatable and have to do with other people and general ideas, but this is going to be kind of hyper-focused on ourselves. Yeah. Because we broke up a few times early on. And a ton. we said we'd talk about it for some reason. A couple times. We broke up a couple times. Yes, twice. It was, it was part of our growth in our relationship. Yeah, we broke up twice. For some reason, you think it's like four times because you probably had more in your head. We'll have two more to talk about where we almost, almost broke up. <sighs> but why don't you start us off? Because okay. I can tell right now I'm looking at you. <laughs> And I can see all of you just you can't wait to get out these words that you have in your head. I don't have anything planned. I'm worried there's, about what we're going to even talk there's about. There's no way that's true. It was 2013. <laughs> once we met. <laughs> okay. We, you know what? We met on Brennan's birthday. I went out with a few friends for Brennan's birthday and he was your best friend at the time and we'd never crossed paths. He still is my best friend. Yeah. Brennan is my best mm-hmm. friend. And we crossed paths. We had never crossed paths and we went to your show that night. Okay. Your um, concert. I used to be in a band called River Giant. Yeah. And so um, that's the first time I met you. And you're all up on stage singing and playing guitar. And I was in the audience and I was just like, uh. oh, I was looking good. <laughs> I was singing well. I was playing the guitar licks mm-hmm. really nicely. Mm-hmm. I, there was some uh, there was some media in the audience that oh, I was aware really? of. The audience was it was packed house. Yeah. And it was. Um, it was a fun deal. So I was really just, I was, you know, I was full hundred yep. percent sex. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. You turned it up. I, I was all sex. Well, I'll say it worked. You know, when you're in your head and you're in, you're like in front and you're like about ready to perform No. or whatever, whatever situation it is, you have to execute. Okay. And you're just like, like a pitch meeting. I understand that. And you just, mm. you can be, you can say like, oh, I can be professional or I can be a, a bag of nerves right now. And I could really lose it or I could kind of half nail it and just get out of here. You know, you go through all the things. Like if I can just do this, this, this. Well, my approach was like, if I just go all sex, <laughs> if I'm just like, if I exude sex, well, then, then it's game over for everyone. Well, and that's what happened. It's game over for your life because fast forward six years and you have a girlfriend that's from a that true, night. That's a true story. You trapped me. <laughs> I did not. Yeah, you trapped me. You trapped me down. Listen, after that, the next weekend, our friend had a barbecue. I probably I hung out at that friend's house every weekend, and then all of a sudden, you were invited that weekend. And yeah. I was like, oh my god. And we talked, we chatted, and I think. I don't know if it was that time or the next time you asked for my number and the rest is history until we broke up twice. (laughs) Okay. Let's get into those breakups. Okay. Lay it on me. The first breakup was Mm -hmm. see, we met in March. We were official in June and we broke up in, we broke up in August. Uh, August, we had this trip planned to, for like a weekend getaway to Eastern Washington, yeah, like Leavenworth area, because two sets of my friends were getting married on the same day. So like 
all of my friends were migrating over there for this weekend. I, we were going to wedding hop to both weddings. We had a cool like cabiny hotel picked out. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to meet me at my house. Um, and I was like, my bags were all packed. I was just cleaning up and you came over and walked in. I was like, Hey, ready to go. And it w- and instead you wanted to have a talk and you dumped me. Mm-hmm. That was the, guess what? That was the first time in my life I've ever been dumped. Oh, welcome to the club. Yeah. I always, was... it's not as bad as, it's not as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Yes, it was. <laughs> Okay. I did not agree with you. No, you did not. <laughs> you 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 repeated the phrase you're making a huge mistake. I did? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember anything specifically that was said. I just remember that. I like blacked out or something. Yeah, it was uh it wasn't it wasn't easy. And guess what? I went on the trip. Mhm. Yeah. You left. I think we like, I cried for a while and you stayed and you were really nice about it. And like, you kind of like hugged and held me for a while. And then eventually you had to leave. And I called up a friend. I was like, can I stay with you this weekend? Yeah. And I stayed with her and her family and we stayed in bunk beds and I cried all weekend and we played Rock'em Sock'em Robots and I went to the weddings and going to weddings is the worst thing you can do after you've been dumped. And, um, there was a time when you, all of your friends were getting married yeah, left and right, man. There was wedding after wedding after wedding. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I, I, weddings are cool, but, uh, I've, well, I, sh- I, f- I film weddings now. Um, but, and I enjoy that, but I don't like, I used to not like to go to weddings. Yeah. Now I don't mind it as much. In fact, I can really enjoy them, but. So were you just like, you were obviously thinking this isn't working out and you didn't want to go away on a, our first trip together Yeah. in that state of mind. So you're like the best thing to do is just call it off beforehand. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Why did you wait till the moment we're supposed to leave for the trip? I I did not have, that was not planned. I didn't plan on a time. I felt, I felt the way I felt. And when it's time, it's time. It's never convenient to break up with somebody. Did you even have a backpack? Or did you just come over to do it? I think so. I think I had it out in the car. Hmm. And I, it was, it was a lot, um, too soon and I wasn't I wasn't as connected with you as I wanted to be or mm-hmm. desired and there's more on that later because so in all my relationships all the ones that have, have lasted uh, I it's usually like a big bang it's usually like an explosion of feelings and an explosion of holy shit <laughs> Here, this is fucking awesome. But our relationship, it wasn't that way. Yeah. It was, for me, it was a slow start. It was a slow burn. And I, you were young. I, we're six. I'm six years older than you, or five. Six? Six. I was and, 24. Yeah, you were 24 years old. And it was, and just, I just didn't feel like we had it yet at that point. And I didn't want to go and spend time 
at with your friends and your friends' weddings and um I I'm clean and sober and you hadn't we hadn't talked about that a lot and I didn't you know, I, I'm good around those environments, but it was just a lot too soon. Yeah, and um Well it and- wasn't it wasn't convenient to do and but I needed it was something that I felt was right at the time and it ended up being a good thing because uh, I saw a lot of growth from both of us after that. And this was about a month after your your band broke up as well. So you were actually already going through a different kind of breakup, right? Yeah. Like there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I was really figuring out a lot of stuff myself and jumping, being in a relationship at that point in time was not on my priority list. And I think I wasn't figuring a lot of stuff out. Right? That's how you felt? Uh, what? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I i mean, that's a fact. At the time, I wasn't... I don't know that I was self-seeking the way I do now. Hadn't gone to therapy yet. Hadn't... That sounds selfish. You mean you weren't thinking for yourself a lot? Well, I didn't know how to set boundaries yet. Right. Um... I wasn't getting to know myself as much as I maybe should have been at that gotcha. age. Gotcha, gotcha. That's different from self-seeking. Self-seeking is like a, that's like I'm selfish. That's saying. Oh, like oh, I'm okay. I wasn't, yeah, getting to know myself, what I want, what I need, or understanding how to express those things. I didn't know. Yeah, I wasn't so. in that mindset. Yeah, and that that wasn't that's not attractive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time. If I were to be with anybody, I wanted to be with somebody who had those qualities. That's why I was so connected and attracted to you. That's why yeah, I couldn't. Right. Let, that's why when you broke up with me, I was like, I, this doesn't feel right. I like if someone in the past maybe had broken up with me, I probably would have been like, OK, fuck you. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. But it just felt like wrong. It felt like sandpaper against the grain shit. Like, wait, wait, wait. No, there's something here deep down. I know it. Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, So I was, I think, attracted to that life where you were going deeper with things and, like, growing as a human being and open-minded and had experienced more shit. I wanted that. Yeah, and that's what I I saw. And um, thir- thirty and twenty four is a huge difference. Oh my God. And I'm not. I yes, uh, yes, I'm immature for my age, and I have a lot to room to grow. But I'm also wise beyond my years. I think because I've lived through a lot, and I've learned how to fix some old stuff and to look at myself with a healthy amount of self-awareness. And so I'm not one of those, the age gap was real. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm actually 24 or I'm or or, you know, we meet somewhere in the middle. I was, I was a little further along the road mm-hmm. than you, but, but you were right. You ended up being really right about there's something there. Yeah. Well, and we talked about the age thing because when we were just like early hanging out dating, 
Yeah. I think I remember bringing it up. Like, is it, is the age thing too much for you? Is it just too big of a gap? And you said, uh, yes and no. Like you said no, but it is something you thought about a lot. Yeah. Which I totally understand now. Which by the way, I don't think about it at all now. No, there's nothing to think about. Now you're 30 and I'm 36. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit, honey. (laughs) We've come a long way. I can't imagine being this age and and dating someone who's 24. Here's what was cool is, um, and this didn't happen in my opinion until after the second breakup, (laughs) which maybe we should talk about. Okay. Before I get into what I'm about to say next. So was that the first breakup was August... I don't remember how we kind of got back into things. Yeah. I think we just kept in touch right away and tried to hang out again. I think there were a couple of texts of I miss you, that kind of thing. Probably. You look good. You're looking good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And then we would connect here and there. That's true. And then talk on the phone. I miss you. A lot of talking. Do we maybe hook up too? I don't remember. Yeah, definitely a few hookups for sure. And then inevitably got back together and the next breakup happened, I think that Christmas. Yeah. So like another few months later. Well, it was before Christmas. Right. It was, it was two weeks for Christmas. Yeah, I remember because I lived in this house in Bothell and then my sister lived kind of like through the trees in this townhouse. And it was when I... And Lindsay owned her own company and I could work from home. And um, I, f- I think I fucking worked from home for a week or something after that next one. And I would just walk over through the trees to my sisters and we would watch Gilmore Girls. <laughs> she would just be there for me. Um, but that one was, mm-hmm. I don't really remember that one as much. Uh, they they both kind of blur together. Oh, I know. Uh-oh. We had stayed the night in your, uh, in your apartment in Everett. Okay. And we'd woken up the next day and we were going to go to do an Ikea trip. Oh, we were? Yeah. But we were going to stop at my house in Bothell and like, I don't know, drop my stuff off or feed Noonie. And we drove, but we drove separately and you came in after me and we're like, "Ah, we got to talk again. Yeah. You always made a point to do it at my house. I probably did that on purpose. Yeah, probably. For obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. But I felt the same way, same exact way. Like nothing, (laughs) nothing was moving and it just felt, it just didn't feel right. The relationship didn't feel right to me. Yeah. And, um, I, my, I had a lot of, I had, my needs weren't getting met. Some of my needs weren't getting met. But so we broke up and same, same deal. Um, we talked it through and then it, and then I think Christmas Eve, I te- you called me, I called you. Okay. And then fast forward to new year, new year's Eve. I think, I think I was at the point where I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to go have fun with my friends instead of mope around and wallow and wait for you to call me. So I went to a cabin for the weekend with my friends, a whole bunch of friends. And I remember you calling me on Christmas Eve or did I call you? Are you talking New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve or right New now? Year's New Year's Eve? I think I called you. Yeah. And I remember you saying you went to a game night with all your friends and 
you just kept saying that you missed me to, mm-hmm. to your friends and you wished I was there. And I was like, oh, and I think that's kind of it. You know, it was a big, um, so I was, I was having a hard time and I was pretty lonely and, um, I didn't, this was a really low point in my life, but I still didn't feel that our relationship was ready for a relationship. My connection with you wasn't very strong. I saw potential, but, and then also the, the other stuff, my needs weren't all being met. And so it was kind of like, well, it's all or nothing for me. But one of my mentors, I was talking to him about my relationship with you. And he said, just, just hang on to her, man. What's the worst that can happen? And so I call, that's when I said, yeah, that's when I started to go, well, she's really amazing. She's really great. She's really friendly and she's beautiful. And she has her feet firmly planted on the ground. And let's see if we can fix some of these things or at least develop them over time. And it might be me who needs fixing, which ended up being the case in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so I started to call you again and you were interested in still being with me and we took it really slow and we communicated from there Mm -hmm. a lot better. Mm -hmm. And, um, we talked about all the hard stuff. I talked about my needs and you talked about your needs and, um, it was not easy. It, It was not easy. The good thing is the sex has always been amazing. So <laughs> there's always that to fall back on. Yeah. But through but through that stuff, um I I just had a different idea of what love was. I had always experienced a huge explosion. Fireworks. Fireworks, yes. And what has happened with us has is something that has never happened with me before in my life, which it started with a light spark and now it's fireworks and it's amazing. This is by far the best and most wonderful relationship I've ever been in. And I think it's because we, you're so open-minded and you're willing to deal with, with me and I can be a lot. And, um, I, you give me a lot of room to grow, but I have to ask for it sometimes. And then, I give you a lot of room to grow and you have to ask for it sometimes. And when I have to communicate those, those things, or you have to communicate those things, it's not always easy, but inevitably it's, we always give each other that grace and that, and that, uh, Mm -hmm. that learning mindset. And those breakups were not easy. Um, and, um, I don't want to apologize for them because I felt like they were really real. It's something I needed to do. That's something that I, as a human needed to do, and I'm not going to apologize for that, but I do, I do feel, I do feel for you. And I've been through that myself. Um, that was your first time being broken up with. But. I'm glad that happened, though. Yeah, mm. I think I should have experienced that, especially if something like that happens again. It won't be the first time. Yeah. 
I think it was important for me to be able to look at myself and understand. I mean, all the relationships I'd been in were just so different right? with the way we communicated. And um, it was just a new way to, to go about things. And I'm grateful for it. Well, I've been living this life of recovery and you're the, you're my first. Uh, so my relationships have always been kind to that, but you're the first one who was like, Oh, I'll give some of this a shot. And I'm not talking about like going to certain things, although you have done that, but I'm talking about like you would try out communication methods and you would try out therapy, talk therapy with me and to change our vernacular and to change the way we talk to each other and to think. And that's been really amazing to do with you. And because you can easily slip into old one, not you specifically, but one can easily slip into old behaviors of past relationships on how, how the conversations would go, how the arguments would flow. And with us, we've been really good at acknowledging those moments and talking about them and not pointing the fingers, but being really honest with each other. And moving past and saying, I'll try not to do that. And then, and then working that stuff out of, out of how we communicate with each other, all Mm -hmm. that bad stuff. And, you know, some of it's still there. We'll always be there. But, um, that's, what's been so cool. And that's, that's the, that's when I knew I had a keeper is because you were, you adapted and then, um, you probably felt the same way, but I was, I was able to adapt to you as well. And I let go a lot uh, of a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. that I consider to be important, but really it was just me being selfish and superficial. Mm. Well, um, I agree with all, all of that stuff. And then I'd add that I, since I was so young, a, like everyone is is kind of like trying to figure out who they are in their 20s anyway mm-hmm. and probably early 30s like I'm still doing it yeah me too forever man so in general that needs to happen but then on top of that um you like with the recovery and stuff there was like even more of that understanding yourself and like exploring all the things you just said And so instead of being off on my own and doing that and like being single and figuring myself out, I did that in the first five years of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so some credit to you is that you stuck around through my journey through that. And, and still that's still going on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, well, we learned how to do it together. That's true. And it's, then I went off and had to do some of it on my own. Yeah, which is really important. Like as well. I I think a huge part of the problem early on, the reason you didn't feel a connection with me and I didn't know this, but I had I thought I was always really outgoing, easy to talk to, whatever, and maybe I was on a certain level, but I always had a, a wall up. 
um, to protect myself. And I think it's this, the, the armor that I kind of grew being in my family. And, um, I just, I still remember you saying that one day that I had a wall up and I was like, all right, what are you talking about? And then I learned that through other people, having conversations with other people too, about why I did that. So you could only connect with someone so, so deeply when they're like that. Like my language was really defensive. I, there was, I could only go so far into like with intimacy and I don't mean sexually. I mean, mm-hmm. intimacy right. in the conversation and in feelings and in expressing myself. I didn't know how to do that yet. So how, how are you supposed to fall in love with someone when you can only like, when you're kind of hitting a wall? Yeah. Um, it goes back to being uh, uh, vulnerability, being a strength, mm-hmm. being actual it's not a weakness it's a strength but on the same token you one has to be have the confidence and the know-how and the wherewithal to back that up with firm boundaries mm-hmm. so if you're being vulnerable you also you also and and somebody is taking advantage of that or isn't communicating as well you have to learn how to walk away or talk your way out of that situation and that's not easy Cause so, so like being vulnerable and the other person takes advantage of that. Now you can eat, that can easily turn into, you feel less, one feels less than Mm -hmm. because you put your heart on your sleeve and, um, and then the trick is to know that if a, a human, another human doesn't value that insight or that vulnerability as, as much then you know how to walk away or to deal with that in a healthy way, which is to let go, you yeah. know, water off a duck's back. So, sort of thing, but it's not easy to learn how to do that stuff. And you took to that really well. Like you were just, you kind of had that it factor. You, you discovered, you just, dis, you saw your defenses and you saw that it was more valuable for you to be open and honest and positive and you started changing right away or else we, w- we wouldn't still be mm-hmm. together. And I have to work on that all the time too, by the way. Well, I mean, you said wearing your, wearing your heart on your sleeve, wearing your emotions on your sleeve. One of the, one of the hardest things at that time for me to do is express why I felt so connected to you and why I felt it was wrong not to be together. Mm-hmm. And after the second breakup, now I'm remembering you were house sitting at your mom's. We were having conversations about like getting back together or not getting back together or whatever. And at some point I think you set, had to say to me, like, why, what are you like? Why are you so connect? Like, are, if you're in love with me, you need to tell me or you need to explain what's going on. And at that moment is when, how I realized that I was in love with you. Mm. And so I, Oh my God, I totally forgot about this. <laughs> yep. Um, I like, if I could take one thing back, it's how I told you I loved you. I don't like it still. Oh, I, well, what would you change? Cause it was so, um, awkward. Like I just went about it so awkwardly. Well, <laughs> it was after that phone call. I wanted to, what were you going to say? 
Well, you told me that you loved me and I didn't say it back. Well, that's true, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, but that was really awkward. It was really awkward, but I realized after that conversation that I did need to tell you and I wanted to tell you in person. And so I drove out to where you're house sitting your mom's and like just knocked on the door and you let me in and you were making pancakes. I was? (laughs) Yeah. You were making breakfast for dinner. Oh yeah. And, um, okay. That sounds right. I, waffles, somehow, somehow eventually it was like, I need to tell you something. And we like sat down and I just told you, I loved you. And we hugged and it was so awkward. What are you talking about? That's super romantic. I felt awkward in my own skin. That's what I'm saying. That was another moment where I knew that you were something more than than what I thought. Really? Yeah, because... I thought you were like, oh, crap, well, she's in love with me. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was amazing because... So in past relationships, I would always have to make the grand romantic gesture mm. to step outside of the box and to reach for the reach for the stars and take a risk. And I was, I do that in this relationship, but I had never, I, there was never a female that did that for me. And that, Mm -hmm. I really resented that in my past relationships. I felt like. You were doing all the work? I was doing all that kind of work. Oh. Because it's the typical, like the man's courting the woman. Well, I, uh, yes, I can do most of it, but I like a little, I, I like a little rapport. I like, I like it when the female I like it when you do that. Well, okay. And everyone wants to feel wanted. Yes. And, and when, and when you did that, um, it was like, whoa, this, this is cool, man. She's really, <laughs> she's really risking a lot. And that's really attractive to me. That okay. was really awesome. And then, and then it took you, I think like a few more months. I think you told me on your birthday, actually, that you loved me. You did the coolest thing. For, no, I think it was my recovery birthday. No, it was your birthday birthday because we had a, a bash at your mom's. Yeah, and you really, you really... Uh, made you a Zelda cake. You made me a Zelda cake and uh, you, <laughs> you, and you worked with my mom and threw me a party and um, yeah, that was, that was really cool and you know that that speaks to like the five love languages like i'm really acts of service and whatever words of affirmation Word, you have, yeah which was my hardest thing to do yes Speak to them. communicate <laughs> this that is you really like interesting. something yeah words of affirmation is one of your biggest ones and touch is mine and yeah. you're not touchy-feely no. and i'm wasn't good at expressing how i felt in words yeah <laughs> <laughs> but now we're better at it. Yeah. Well, we didn't know that at the time either. I remember a couple of hard times where you would go for a hug and it was just like, I it, needed it was, to be held. It was not a moment to hug. To me it was. I remember one time in particular, I was trying to tie my shoes and we were arguing and you, <laughs> you were going in for a hug and I was like, what are you doing? And it got really awkward. And then in that moment, I realized and you realize that something needs to change. Mm-hmm. And we worked on that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and early, early on, we, when we were hanging out, we would just sit on the couch in my house and kind of just like stare into each other's eyes for a long time. Mm-hmm. And 
Like we weren't drinking. We weren't out. We were just like vulnerably sitting together and like holding hands or sitting on each other's laps and trying and just talking. And there were like long periods of silence. And I don't think we were having sex yet. So it it was like really uncomfortable for me. (laughs) <laughs> that was so that was like the last thing of the 36 love languages or I'm, I'm sorry the 36 questions that lead to love remember staring each other's eyes for four minutes oh right so we used to do that i don't even remember that stuff i it probably wasn't even that long of silence it was just in between talking yeah to each other and we would just stare into each other's eyes <laughs> and just like you would smile and we would just be looking at each other and it was like are we gonna make giggles out? we'd or, have the little giggles yeah are we gonna make <laughs> yeah. out or is like that's pretty do not, i need to start a new conversation that's pretty par for the course for getting to know somebody in a relationship there's that that's normal i guess so there was a yeah. that you were uncomfortable though well yeah I, that was early on before i was comfortable in my own skin i think and had the confidence and mm. self-esteem. Yeah. Well, yeah. Self-esteem. Constant thing I have to work on. Self-esteem is really huge for me too, honey. It's, also, yeah. Also, I didn't even understand at the time that I had anxiety. Like I didn't, that wasn't talked about in my family. Mine either. And I didn't understand that I went through a, a huge bout of depression right before I met you. Yeah. Like it took me a long time to figure out that, oh, that's what was happening. Right. And that's like kicking it back to another episode. That's where at the time, the thing that I loved the most that was with me, like presently was my cat. And I put all of my depression and anxiety and loneliness into my companionship with that cat. That's why I was so attached to her. Yeah. Um, she was your safety blanket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. That's what my therapist said. <laughs> Why did you say it that way? Don't diminish <laughs> the work you've done. I don't know. This therapy is the fact that you went to therapy and you work through that and you realize that is yeah. a big fucking deal, honey. Yeah, don't, that's true. Don't knock yourself down for that. Muni was my security blanket. Yeah. Well, I think we should wrap it up soon, but. Wait, can we talk about you having panic attacks? Oh. I think when you say your needs weren't met. Yeah. Um, early on you were having a lot of panic attacks. Yes, I was. Um, speaking of anxiety. Yeah. So, and I was like, what is happening? I didn't know how to be there for you. Yeah. And I had to teach you, which sucked for you. I'm sure. Yeah. I really, I really wanted you to just get it. But what I've learned is that in order for my needs to be fully met, I need to ask for them. And, Mm -hmm. And in order for you to be the person I want to spend my every day with, um, I need to ask you and then I need, I need you to listen and to work on that thing, um, at, at your own pace. But in this particular case, it needed to be fast, really fast. But the good news was, is like, once I let go and just, just, I let go and I was like, this person isn't going to just guess how to do this. Um, And I told you what I needed and you've been better than I could have ever imagined since then. Well, yeah. Okay. Thank you. I understand now. I think better. And then through, through the letting go, through 
also letting you know that I have, I can get to that kind of anxiety was communicating and being vulnerable to you and to other people like, Oh, I have this thing just like, uh, well, that's how I get over things. I put things out on front street. I wear my heart on my sleeve. And by the way, I don't, you know, tell everybody on the planet, here's what's going on with me. Uh, no. it, it's a, I'm really tactful with it, but yeah. it's also, I, I, I talk about it more than the average bear because I think that a lot of people go through this stuff. A lot of people experience, experience low level panic attacks all the time. Mm-hmm. It's that little bump. Without of, even knowing. Yeah. It's, it's that little bump of fear at night you know when you just after watching a scary movie it's like that but that's it but it's it's exponentially greater um it's fear itself just kind of coursing through your body it's really weird Mm -hmm. um but the good news is is you don't die from them you feel like you might yes you definitely do and the great news is is a friend told me is like enjoy it and i was like whoa what go fuck yourself enjoy it And then I was like, and I do, I do miss those times because when I get those things, I don't know what it is, but I go to kindness and I go to, holy shit, I need to start working on things or else I'm going to spiral even deeper down the rabbit hole. feel alive. So I end up feeling alive, really raw and my nerves are just firing off and I get to learn something new about myself. So I like to put it as like, if there's a creator, if there's a God, or if there's an energy source uh, putting things out there, I like to think of when I am in those moments, it's whatever that is letting me know that, hey, there's life to live and it's wonderful, but you got to work for it. But at the end of that work is a little bit of reprieve and contentment and betterment and um, new experiences and, and new actions and a better you. And so that's kind of, that was the whole process of letting you know. Mm. And then when I let you know, you you soaked it in, you took it up, and you were able to coach me through some of those panic attacks really well. Eventually. You took care of me. Eventually. The, yeah. the reason I brought it up is because of the love language thing again. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what you needed because my initial reaction, if you're going through a thing and you're panicking, is to like give you a hug or hold your hand or walk you somewhere. And you don't need to be touched. Yeah. You need me to coach you and look you in the eye and say things that like, it's going to be okay. This is going to pass. You need words of affirmation. Yes. And I'm trying to give you touch. And I'm like, ah, I'm doing my best. I need we that. We just didn't yeah. have the same... It's, it's when, it's when you're in a point of when in your, when you're in a intense situation to click into that gear of, I'm going to handle this. I'm, I don't know the whole book that's written on the situation, but I'm going to handle it and I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to comfort and affirm and save what I can save out of this. Because if I'm panicking and then you're panicking then it's game over. But if I'm panicking and you, I've coached you through some panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And so when you're going through a panic, it's, I know that everything's going to be okay because everything, all feelings pass, good ones and bad ones. So I talk you through that, breathe, eye contact, breathe. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be better. It will change. You're okay. Breathe. It's okay. However you're feeling and thinking it's okay. 
And that's how I feel with anything. And, and if anybody out there is having a hard time, however you're feeling, however you're thinking, it's okay. And things can get better, but it takes some work. It takes some work. Um, so I want to get, we got to wrap this up and I love you. I love you too. Um, and our breakups are rough, but I, I just think they were so great because we kept turning back into each other and we, we've evolved so much. It's been amazing. Mm -hmm. But I talked about two other things, two other close breakups and I just want to brush over (laughs) them really quickly and then let's, let's wrap this up. Okay. Cause this one's running long. And, um, so the first one was, uh, when I was moving that, that night when we were deciding if we were going to oh, live together yeah. and I was moving out of my apartment, I left, we had a huge argument, huge knockdown drag out fight. Well, let's sit, let's, let's set the scene, which was we'd, quickly though, quickly. we'd been talking for months about moving in together. Yes. After <laughs> about true. a oh, yeah. after about a year of dating. Yeah. I lived in a house in Bothell with my good friend, Jim. And, um, uh, it was to the point where we were spending every night together and going like after work, after trying to work out, we both had pets and having to go to one of the other places. It was just time. Mm-hmm. And I was ready. And we agreed, like we were going to look at, I think we looked at apartments and stuff. I can't remember online maybe. And I kept talking about it and, you kept, you, um, agreed until at some point you, you were starting to push back on it mm-hmm. yeah. and it, everything kind of came to head this one weekend and you were like, I don't understand what the rush is. I think we should just wait. And I was like, two steps back. And we just, that you're right. We got in a huge fight and I started crying and you started to just not care. And I was like, I'm late. I'm going to go home. Mm-hmm. And I walked out the door and I thought, I thought it was over. Yeah, that was it. It was over for me. I was in the car crying, going home thinking, well, okay, I had to leave. I have to be done for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go ahead. Well, I drove over. I showed up with some of my stuff and I was like, let's do this. Well, I was... I had gotten home. I gotten in bed with my cat and I turned on friends, which was the most comforting thing to me at the time. And you called me and you said, I'm here. And I said, thank you. Because you always would say like, I'm here for you. And you knew I was really upset. So I thought you were just saying, I'm here for you. I know you're really upset. And you go, no, I'm here. I'm downstairs. I'm actually like, here. What? Physically here. Yeah. <laughs> and I opened the door and you had your massive <laughs> MacBook. You had your, your Mac desktop computer in its carrying like huge box. Listen, I needed. And a bat, a, like a suitcase over your shoulder. Yeah. And you were standing at my doorstep. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I don't know what went through your head after I left. I think you just had to make a decision. It was a jumping off point and I jumped. (laughs) Um, 
and then uh, that moving into that house together was like one of the best move-ins. And then we had to we got kicked out because the old owner was coming back, and they gave us some like severance, yeah. like some free rent for it, and they were really sorry about it. And then we had to move Wait. into this apartment. <laughs> Hang on a sec. What? I well, I want to brush over this quickly. You got you got to tell say why did you bring over your computer? I just wanted to work. No, you said that you needed to bring over something that wasn't easy to move. Oh. <laughs> and you were like, I need something important in this house to like feel like it's mine and to set up shop and to not just like have a bag that I can take back to my apartment. Okay. Yeah. That sounds. And I was like, that sounds oh, right. shit. It's serious. It's on. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And then our second one was when. Um, in the apartment. No. In Woodenville. Oh. No, I was saying, well, maybe that's another one. You're but, buying the house. Yeah, buying the house, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which and we kind of talked about. We talked about that, but. You're buying this house, and I was like, are we going to go live there together, or? <laughs> right, and I I was, it was more of a no than a yes at that point for me. Yep. There was a lot of stuff that early, that first year, when we were figuring shit out, I was wondering if maybe you had an issue with commitment or if it was just me. And I don't, I maybe have never said this out loud. I was constantly concerned that you were still in love with your ex-girlfriend. Like that was always an underlying thing. And I think maybe there was some of that there, but I was like, fuck it. He might just go back to her someday. Well, I have, that was, that's some past relationship stuff I have too. Well, you're not... So you're not totally wrong. Like I have some yeah. past relationships that I will always love them. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's just the nature of the beast. And I'm not like that. I'm not in love with any of my exes, nor do I talk to them. Well, yeah, you haven't had <laughs> any good ones, right? Well, I've been in love and I've, I've even lived with other people. Yeah. It's been serious, but never did I ever, never was I with someone who I was like, Ooh, I'm going to marry this person or well, yeah, I want to have a family with this person. I always just knew it would, I would end it with them at some point. I've had a couple of those. Mm-hmm. And, um, but so, yeah, but, uh, so in the, in this conversation that we just had it, like there's so many things <laughs> around, around the topic and so many things to interject and so many things to go back on and, and refocus my thoughts on and explain them a little better. But I just want to leave them as it is because that's kind of how life is. I, um, maybe we'll get to recircle around some of this stuff, um, later on in some podcasts, but I just want to let you know that I have been, and I, I have been selfish and I have treated you poorly in some situations and I aim to fix those things. Well, what? Yeah. Just like in general, oh. you know, sometimes I don't take your feelings into full consideration. It happens a lot, actually. It just, it's just like, Well, I do the same then. Yeah. And I just I'm selfish a lot of the time. I just want to say that I want to keep improving and keep being better. Oh, uh, progress and and it is three steps forward two steps back and sometimes it's a little worse than that but man i feel like we're over all the humps at this point like i, well, ne- I never re- I, besides little stuff i never doubt anything i never have like i'm never worried that shit's coming to an end or anything like we can kind of work through anything at this point well if you truly love someone you gotta let them go 
that's another topic, right? <laughs> but I think that works in the context of a healthy, solid relationship. Yeah. That's the way I look at our relationship. If I love you, I have to let you go and I have to let yeah. you do, I have to let you do you. And I need to be that fertile bedrock of soil for you to grow as well as me. And you need to do the same for me. I, I ask the same out of you. Mm-hmm. For I think sure. we're good about that too, because yeah. if you allow people, if we allow each other that space, that makes me want to come back to this house where you're at to be with yes. you. Yes. Yeah. I want to come back. Yeah. Um, cause I'm given the space to do what I need to do. All right. Well, this one was a long one and Is it? how long we're at like, we're definitely past an hour. We can cut out the shit in the beginning. Maybe we can do that. But, um, I do want to say this. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. And I know this one was, uh, some of it might've been cringy. I don't know. I'm, I'll Too find specific. out when I listen, when I listen yeah. back and there's something, some words and some ideas and concepts that I fumbled around. But, um, I just think that you listening to us talk about this stuff is really important and, and it, it really For means us. a lot. Yeah. It, it's really important to us and it really means a lot to us. And we're so grateful for you to listen to our stuff. And, um, uh, we're already building this community with, should we get married? And it feels really amazing. And it's a community of curiosity and openness and open-mindedness mm-hmm. and, and a safe zone where our thoughts are okay, but our feelings aren't facts, but we can navigate that together and we can get better and improve together and, you know, staying positive throughout the whole thing. And the reason we keep doing this, the thing that keeps, um, the fire burning is we get text messages, we get Instagram DMs, we get, um, emails, whatever it is from people who can totally relate with the big topics we speak of and the tiny little shit, like needing pillows on the bed. <laughs> yeah. And that is really cool. Even if it's, if it, whether it's my best friend or someone I haven't talked to in five or 10 years. Yeah. Or a stranger. It's just like a string of connection and to someone that says, I and, get it. Yeah. And you're, and you getting it means so much to us and you giving us the room to grow and the grace to be, to not be perfect is, is amazing. And cause we're not. And, and that's, that's part of why I love having these conversations is cause we're just fumbling around together and you're on this journey with us together we're gonna again we're gonna have some bad episodes and this one was this one may have gotten a little too serious and there's not a whole lot of joking around but Mm. it feels really good having this talk with you honey me too on our next episode of should we get married we're going to be talking about neuroses and pet peeves Mm. and some of our own personal shortcomings yeah and shortcomings in general yeah, like codependency. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a wild ride. We all got it. Wow, this was a this was a intense one. I love you so much. I love you too. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Sure.